I am no man. Don't worry. She's got help. Don't ever call me doll. Welcome back to I Am No Man. This is your look at women asterisk in the media. I am your host, Miss Sarah Jameson. Hi. With me is Kelsey. Hi. And Ginger. Yo. Today we are talking about The Good Place, and specifically season three, episode six, A Fractured Inheritance. One real, real quick thing in terms of women in media that I'd love to mention real quick that I didn't mention last episode because we're recording back to back and I wanted to save it for another episode. Billie Eilish has dropped her title track for the new James Bond film. She is the youngest artist in history to do a James Bond film at the age of 18. Hmm. And cool. it is marvelous. So I haven't heard it yet. It's really, it's got like a little bit of Adele, but that signature Billie Eilish flair to it. So. Nice. I really, I'm really, I'm excited for her. I've really become a fan of hers in the last couple of months. She's really fucking good. I'm so. a roller coaster on her. Me Sometimes too. I'm like, yeah, this is a great song. This is awesome. And then I see her like in public and I'm just like, oh man, you are really living that teenager life. You, she acts like she doesn't want to be anywhere that she is. And maybe that's anxiety and that's just how it looks from the outside, you mm -hmm. know? But like well, the Oscars, the Oscars thing when Maya and you and I were up in arms when Maya and Kristen were doing their thing, and she gave like the right. stank, that stank face. And she was she was like a teenager, and well, she is a teenager, but she was like made that face like who thinks they're funny? And I'm like, uh, bish. Yeah. These women are hilarious. First learn of it, all, learn your place. Secondly, back up women. Yes, yes, support all women. Absolutely. Unless they're fucks, like uh, Weinstein's lawyer. Lisa, what's her face? She don't get a name. No. What's her face? What's her face? <laughs> We're not name dropping her. Lawyer, it is not with lawyer. Lisa, I call it a day. I went for the hard way. <laughs> so okay, we got to talk about the Good Place, which it's created by Mike Schur, co-creator of Parks and Rec. One of my favorites. One of the I best. I love this dude. Yes. Like everything about him, he just seems he nails like, it. He nails what both of these shows were well, at their core. And what true like, what do they say? Like um, true masculinity should yes. be mm -hmm. yes. not fragile masculinity. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Because absolutely. every yeah every yeah. man character mm -hmm. they do. He creates all these. Well, behind the scenes, even because I listen to the Good Place podcast too. So um, oh, it's awesome. You check I'm going to listen to that. I'm gonna oh, have absolutely, because they do a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. They talk to a lot of like the people within, so you can see he hires everybody. You know, like he hire. You know, he creates all these opportunities for people that would not otherwise have them. And that's why the show is so great. That's why Mike is an, an amazing oh, ally. Amazing. So yes. what, I think what separates The Good Place from every other sitcom that's come before it is that it ends up becoming more than just a sitcom. You learn. Oh, you learn yes. philosophy. You basically, it's basically like taking like a four, a four year philosophy course. Absolutely. For one. I also love the way that, the what hooked me aside from Kristen Bell being the amazing 
blossom of sunshine that she is. I know. Right? It blows through plots that other shows would set up for a whole like couple of seasons right. in a couple of episodes. Yeah. And I think that is what hooks a lot of people. Right. So it's important that we establish right now yes. that we are talking about up to season three. Season three, episode six. Yes. A fractured inheritance. So we're going to be referencing things that came long before that. So do not be surprised that they're actually in the bad place. <laughs> Mother forking shirt balls. <laughs> it's Emmy nominated. It, it's never won an Emmy, and it drives me crazy That's now. Wrong. Well, especially like Ted Nealon's <laughs> been nominated. What's it? What won against it? I mean, Veep was its big rival for a while, so it was also up against Mrs. Maisel. Well, see, that's my thing is, like, Veep won, like, how many freaking times? A lot. And I haven't like, even seen it. It's I, not. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's not, ju- I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is amazing. I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, but, like, to me, I'm like, okay, you've been honored, like, once or twice. Give it to somebody else. But, right, don't you have to... Um, <laughs> there should be a cap. Submit yourself. Yeah. Or someone Sometimes, has to submit well, the, you. How does that work? Well, because, like, um, I know with uh, Game of Thrones, a couple of Gwen- the actors... Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, because Gwendolyn, yeah. Gwendolyn... They would not nominate Gwendolyn Christie. Which, she said, I don't know why not. Which, she is the shit, and I fucking love her. Oh, which, so much. Ah! <laughs> which Gwendolyn Christie literally, go, literally goes, Oh, you won't nominate me? Guess what? I'll na- nominate myself. Oh, I got the nomination. What? Boom, bitches. So, yeah. Um, it's also a Critics' Choice winner and a Peabody winner. Peabody is the one that I love because it's like... Like just honoring media for contributions to media, and they won the Peabody for it, which is amazing. Right. I and, and it's been cited multiple times for its discussions of philosophy. I honestly started this show. It's funny. The day I was offered my the job that I'm currently in, I started it literally um. before then. So I don't know. I also love. It's just it's quirky. It's funny. Oh, it's awesome. It's a show that can like deliver a good fart joke. And also talk about, like, Immanuel Kant in, like, the same 20-minute right. span. Like, you literally can laugh and cry. Like, yes. You know, like, a lot of people are like, I laughed, I cried. It's such a trope. No, it's literally. You when literally do. the end of season three oh, happened. Spoilers. Oh, my God. Mel oh. cried. So I had already seen it. Mm-hmm. And Mel was catching up to me. And she saw that. And she cried the hardest I've ever mm-hmm. seen her cry. Like, wow. we have had family die. We have had... Mm-hmm. You know, massive. She had to have like I don't know ER visits. Like mm-hmm. I have yeah. never seen her cry, except Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Ooh. Our Stars, <laughs> the book. <laughs> uh, that is the love story of our time and your time. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the movie love story, not not like love story as a noun. Uh, love means never having to say you're sorry. Hey, that's gaslighty as fuck. I hate that um, movie. Love is saying you're sorry all the, the time. The time. Yep. It's being that bigger person. Compromise, motherfucker. Ooh, we know. You do, we, if you listen he to our last episode, I do what I want. What? My partner, I specifically, because he, you know, they really enjoy watching me cry because they think it's hilarious when I cry at things. So I was like, I'm going to show this motherfucker the last episode of Good Place, <laughs> Good yeah. Place Season 3. And I turned and I'm like literally looking at them. And nothing. I was like, how the fuck? She cried so hard and she was like, through it just, violent sobs, was like, how could you not tell me? Oh, she was no. So mad. No, I mean, just, but, oh, but, 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 but that's like, that's part of the magic of this show is you can't tell people things like this. Like, you someone, have to experience organic. Like, someone spoiled the bad place reveal for me, oh. but, like, they didn't spoil anything else. 
like I'm still pissed that I that like I'm mean, like I could kind that of that was out such it. a good reveal too, and I didn't see it coming. None of us did. I didn't. No, I'm sure somebody thought maybe, but like, yeah, I had no idea. D- uh, the Doug Forsyth or whatever his name is, the one that got ninety yeah. percent correct. So we're talking about one character in out of the foursome that is uh, that is our focus for for today. We're gonna be talking about Eleanor as well because the, the plots kind of align, Overl- overlap, yeah, coincide. Yes, yes. Fan relationships. But but let's yeah. talk about Tahani Al Jamil, played and, by the fantastic Jamila Jamil. Oh my god, another person that is just like awesome. Yeah, in and out for sure. She really is, and she's been getting a lot of flack lately, which I'll get to in a minute. Oh, yeah. oh for the drag show. Or yeah, whatever. I mean, it's some of it's warranted, but at the same time, people are really coming for her, and I'm and I'll need to like pump the brakes a little bit. So, at the start of the series, Tahani is very arrogant, and her biggest thing is that she name drops. A lot. Oh, a lot. like that at all. <laughs> Y'all can't see this, but I'm giving double middle fingers right now. She, yeah, she's flipping some double birds of prey. <laughs> Go back and watch the last episode. Listen. Listen to the last episode. Shit. But, I mean, like, it's. I also love that that's kind of like all of her character, like, her self-worth is, is based on who she knows. Yes. Yes. Because she wasn't given any self-worth to begin with well, by her and, parents. Because and kind of look at what I've done. Look at this. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. Yes. Please value me. Yes. Because yes. the people who were supposed yes. to value me did not. Yeah. Which, and it's the th- that's the thing. It's like the further we get into the series, we learn that she was basically forced into constant competition between right. her and her sister uh, Kamala for, for their parents' attention right. and love. Uh, but I do love the running gag of her uh, her godparents mm-hmm. because like she's got to have like forty six godparents based on some of them aren't even people. <laughs> that's a season four. It's that's a season, a season four. four Sorry, no. I've seen a good chunk of season four, so yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, find but, out. I yeah, think it's yeah, last episode. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, then no, I'm not there. So, it's 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 a joke that Mike Shirt th- thought he couldn't get into the to the finale, uh-huh. and, and they did. I do love that the series progresses. She learns more about being herself and loving mm-hmm. herself for mm-hmm. and accepting herself for who she so, is. So, yeah, she talks about, I think what it is is that she observes Eleanor, who should have no, like, from her, from Tahani's value structure. Mm-hmm. Right. Eleanor should have no self-worth whatsoever because she doesn't know no anybody. anybody. She doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. She's... Under five ten, she's doesn't. She only speaks one language and right. badly. You know, she yes. has. Uh, she doesn't have she's any fun. Arizona, right? She's from <laughs> Arizona. You know, and and here she is, this person who should seemingly have no confidence. Just like we were talking about before about how people tell you what an inspiration uh-huh. you are because of being on stage in your size, and how dare you have confidence right. when a person who is, yes. you know, like society's ideal doesn't. And so here's that same situation where Tahani is observing Eleanor having so much confidence Mm -hmm. in herself where she's just like, whatever, I'm awesome. You wish I'm a legit snack. You know, whatever. (laughs) That was hilarious. Um, (laughs) And I think that that really helped Tahani embody herself more and to realize that she... She's the she's the one that she needs to get her yes. self worth from and her strength from. Yes, yeah. because I mean, like you got to remember the way she died is like I would argue out of the four of the three, four, four, four. I, I was counting Michael and forgetting Jason. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> 
Oh, Jason. Out of the four, I would argue that Tahani's is the worst death because not only are you being crushed by a statue for one, you're literally like melting down over people's attention toward your sister. Yeah. Like Eleanor gets hit by a okay, Eleanor gets hit by a thing of car, a uh, uh, shopping carts, and then hit hit by the car. Chichiti gets hit by an air conditioner. Jason dies in a safe. But there's something like just extra to me about Tahani's. It's like not only are you dying, you're dying like your sister's gonna witness you dying for mm-hmm. one. Right. Yeah. Well, Chidi's best friend witnessed. Yeah, him. and d- after he after while he was chastised. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, that might win the argument for who died worst. Actually, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, so I might. Retract In terms it. of other people's perception of the death, I think probably Tahani because of how many people were there. Yeah, it was very yes. public. It was very yes. public, and there. You know, and she's a very public person just yes. by being who she is. But in terms of like the physicality of yes. death, I would go with Jason because he had to have realized that he was dying. Yeah, and, uh, or maybe not. It's fucking Jason. <laughs> he took all those poppers and he tried to <laughs> use the snorkel for bro- are poppers and whippets the same. I don't know. What it, oh, was it whippets? It was definitely whippets. But I, I think confused. I'm they could be the yeah, same. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, you're in a. You're, you. I'm in a. I don't, I don't a know. A drugless marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so the episode itself, I, I I should also point out that by season three, they have undone these deaths. They're mm-hmm. back on Earth. They're trying mm-hmm. to prove that uh, that people can get be in, good and get into yeah, the good they're place. They're trying to do some good right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to help the people closest to them get into the good place. Yeah, get on the right track to earn their way into the good place. So right. they can't tell them what's going on because otherwise it'll be moral desert. And it mm. won't be worth it. A Povity's Norfolk situation. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, they're trying to get yes Camila or Camila on a good track, and they're trying to get Donna Shellstrap, aka Diana Tremaine, uh, on mm-hmm. a good track. Aka, well, yeah, a- aka Margaret know. from ni- from American Horror Story nineteen eighty four. Well, because mm-hmm. um, Eleanor had literally just found out that she wasn't dead because she had faked right. yeah. her death with Eleanor. Yes. Right. And like created a whole new life for herself. Yes, which yeah. it's it's crazy. And let's 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 actually go go into the episode itself. Sorry. No, 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 no <laughs> you're good. Um, both plots for for this, the A and the B plot, have the have our characters going against the normal behaviors. Absolutely. And it's really fucking sweet. Both both of these plots have the characters going against normal their normal behaviors mm. for and for their family. And I think it's actually really a it's a sweet turn. There's also a real duality of the animosity that Eleanor has with Donna and Tahani with uh with Camila. Like they're right. both actively jealous of what their family has. Like right. Eleanor is super jealous that Donna is doting on her boy, Patricia. Patricia. Thank yeah. you. I knew I was gonna forget Patricia. that. Patricia right. That's a meat thing. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And they were roommates. Yes. <laughs> And then obviously Tahani with with Camila with this exhibit in Budapest. Yeah. yeah. The A plot really is Eleanor reuniting with Donna, and I love showing the growth that Donna's made, and it's still very much at the same time who Eleanor remembers her as. I love that Donna somehow met Dave. Dave yeah, Dave. Yeah. And somehow was completely honest with him. And then just completely did a, I guess the opposite of a heel turn. Um, 
I think it goes to show that when somebody loves you for who you are, it's it makes it easier yes. to change and you want those to things. be and you want to you want to be a better person with them. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you don't necessarily like. I don't know. You just want to be the the best, right, yes. best version of yourself for that person. Yes. But I completely under like I understand Eleanor being so upset. Mm-hmm. What does she say? I wrote it down. Saying um, she has always been capable of change, but I wasn't enough, enough to change for that. That oh, broke. That broke me. That was so upsetting because I kind of feel the same thing about my dad because he, you know, like never does nice, thoughtful things, but he's always doing nice, thoughtful things for my stepmom. Oh. But like, I've been in your life for thirty some years, and you've done right. like two thoughtful things ever. But oh. whatever, it's fine. He's gonna go in the state home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say, but of course I'm going to be wiping Hashtag his ass. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> I also love that like Donna is still Donna even when she's like being sweet Diana. Even like if she's reformed. She, well, like, it is well, her. Well, it is still well, who she is. Well, the fact that they met at a fucking Hooters in the daytime. It was a desert desert bar. D- desert is what bar. It was called, and, and or desert she, rash. Yeah. Desert rash. Well, and it was going to be torn, torn down. down. Yeah, and she was mad at him. For she that. was like drunk and passed yeah. out in the bathroom or something. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> typical Donna. She was doing seven, seven, and seven, seven shots of seven uh, Seagram seven in seven minutes or whatever. Yes, <laughs> for morning drink. Yeah. Um, I just watched it before I came here. Nice. So I think that it really goes to show how a person really can change because she was saying Eleanor was like, nope, you know the. Arizona trash bag is here somewhere. Yeah. And she is. Just like, I'm always going to have country girl tendencies because I grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere. But I'm also always going to have, you know, like, no matter how much I grow with Mel in our, like, life, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to have that poor girl mentality. Right. Just so you're, it, it shows how you don't have to leave behind who you were to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think Donna really shows that because, yeah, she is, you know, doing good things and whatever. And she loves at her life situation so much that she's afraid that it's all going to disappear out of nowhere, yes. which is why she's got the laundry and, dollars. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Yeah. Do you I know live it? it. That's literally what I think Donna is. Looking at it, any second, this is all gonna fall apart. Yes, to see who I really am. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I but she that, like, told Dave who she really bride. was yeah. from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. She, you know, well, the first day was mostly sex, apparently, but on the second <laughs> day, she was like, Hey, I am a faked my own death because I owed some charity $30,000 for day with Gene Simmons. Matt Damon. I also really like the. the this is like going back to talking about Mike Sure being a great ally for just everybody. I love when she's looking for the trash bag mm-hmm. and she's searching through Patricia's toys, mm-hmm. and she goes, "It's." She she makes the Kaiser Sose reference mm-hmm. and then adds, "It's like Kaiser Sose before he molested all those people." Right. And Definitely, I'm like, "This is what I'm here for." He is making sure that that kind of stuff is in the analogs of time, so that it can't right. be forgotten. Because, you know, the internet may be forever, but eventually it's going to get clogged up with other stuff. At some point, Spacey's going to stick his 
stupid little head out you saw and be did, like, you, hey guys, it's fine now, right? You saw the Christmas video, right? No, I didn't watch it because I am not giving that man a second a, of my time. I didn't watch it, but two Christmases in a row he's posted some creepy ass looking Frank Underwood looking video mm-hmm. on Christmas. Very disturbing. I'd also like to add Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, <laughs> just because. Yeah. So, the B-plot with Tahani and Kamala. We've waited for, like, a sisterly reunion between these two. Right. Especially mm-hmm. in season three where the deaths had been undone. And I really, I, like, I love that, that Tahani is genuinely in her way trying to apologize. Right. But when I watch it now, it's so, it reads so fake. Like, it's literally, I'm trying to be the better person and apologize to right. you, but there's Good. no stake in this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when she comes up to come to Camila in the uh, with with the axe and goes, "This is me genuinely apologizing to you." Now accept it. Now accept it, or I'm gonna snatch your art. Exactly. Right. And I mean, uh, the Hungarian duo are I like, the, "Oh, of course, Tahani has to come and ruin everything." Which right. I mean, I I do sympathize with Tahani in this when literally like when Camila's got her like Greek chorus basically being like. Tahani's the worst, you know, all that crap. It's like, right. like when, she, like when she ruins no omelets forever. My sister right. refuses to order an omelet. This is over and we'll never do it again. No refunds right. either. Um, that's some, that's a shitbag move. Right. You're definitely putting a lot of negativity because there's going to be a lot of people feeling some kind of way about that mm-hmm. happening and it's, and she's made it all yes. Tahani's fault because mm-hmm. she could she could yeah. step away, yeah. have a sisterly chat with Tahani right quick, right. and then come back. But she's choosing mm-hmm. to further damage her sister. And I think that both both of these character arcs, these plot lines, yes. are about kids unlearning the damage that is inflicted by very, their parents. Very, very true. I, really, I, I also love, like, I just love Chidi. I've loved Chidi since oh, the period. first episode. End of list. Do you there was a scene where he ends up taking his shirt off, and the whole time uh-huh. they've been talking about how he's jacked, and I was like, oh, shit, he really is jacked. Yeah. Good for him. Yes, yes. I love that he tries to go and, like, be Switzerland and try mm-hmm. and work things out between Tony and She takes all the fears. I take all your fears, all your fears are, are mine. mine. And then he just walks away. <laughs> then when Tahani fucks some shit up with her art, yeah. and then you just but hear the last thing, my fears are mine again. Are mine. I love that <laughs> so much. We need to take half a second mm-hmm. and talk about Camilla's eye makeup. Yes. So beautiful. Yes. So it's like beautifully blended. It's all these colors. She's got mm-hmm. that little inner eye gemstone. Yeah. I love that. It's, so, it's, so it's such a drag thing. Prettiest. I also, oh. I also really love that. Like and talk, her hair. Talking about, and, I, <laughs> and I'm going to say talking about, um, you, you saying like unlearning things that like child, childhood's trauma scars. Mm. I love that, like, in this episode, kind of, like, showing, like, the childlike quality still that, that Camille has, especially mm-hmm. with her art, which we're going to get to in a minute, mm-hmm. that she's got these huge, these huge pigtails. Yeah. Which yeah. is still, like, mm-hmm. s- symbolizing yeah. that she's still kind of a child at, at heart. Right. Because, she, well, maybe she's trying to embody her childhood so that she can kind of start over. Yes. Because her art, as we find out, well, is really... Yes. Uh... Dem- not a demonstration, but like a symbolism of her parents being one unit and then her sisters being driven I, apart by a parent. So right? we obviously, the same, it's the same sibling rivalry up until that point. And especially when Tani starts fucking with the exhibit. But mm-hmm. when 
and I'm getting and I'm getting choked up about this because it's one of my favorite scenes in the uh, whole series. Yes. When Tahani realizes, fuck, I'm gonna lose it. You got it. When Tahani realizes that, that all of this art is actually about how Camilla is it has has felt all these years. She finally looks at her sister as a human being as opposed to her competition. That flashback yes. fucks me and up so much. And it finally uh, comes together where she realized that it was her parents that were driving them apart and that they learned that 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 separation, that competition, that me versus her as opposed to us versus them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I, the other thing that Mike and the, the writers do so well with this episode is when we have that flashback and they're told to like make the front, the, 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 the painting, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And they talk about what the prize is and what the losing prize is. It's going to be when they say, let's see who the winner is. They look right at Camila. Mm-hmm. And then when they say the loser, they look right at Tahani. Uh-huh. And it's those subtle things, a, that I love this show for right. and B it's those subtle things that fuck a kid up like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is, something to consider that it losing was never an option for Camilla Camilla she was never allowed to do anything but the best which is really interesting because like there's so many times where uh you know where people break down Mm -hmm. because all they've ever been allowed to do is succeed. Yes. They've never been allowed to trip or stumble or fall. They would she would have had no safety net if 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 she had ever done something not amazing. And perfect. And yes. perfect. Yes. And I mean, just that whole sequence, especially like just seeing the art and then Tahani going up in handcuffs no less. Mm-hmm. And, and just hugging, hugging her. her and just that's like yeah. I mean like we see we've already seen before her trying to in her own way apologize and it just doesn't have the stake mm-hmm. right. that has the stake completely not just because she's being arrested but like well she was doing it because she was supposed to right. at first she was apologizing because she knew that's what had to happen mm-hmm. to and it wasn't that it was fake but it, it wasn't a, a soulful one yes and this was just realizing how much damage and how much hurt how she wasn't alone that her parents like right. and, and that's I, and that's the real crux of it and that's the like, other that's side of the gets, coin that's what gets me sobbing every time mm-hmm. it's especially when it's like our parents were wankers weren't they they were wankers <laughs> and like i can understand how maybe they wanted to make sure that they had successful children or whatever that's not the but way to do it yo you know so my grandma was real did stuff like that but she was really good at it to where we all felt loved and supported but also we we knew we needed to to meet the standards of each other so it was like we all thought and we realized this after she was gone we all thought that the others of the cousins that the other another branch of cousindom was the favorites right. when in reality because of the way she would talk about right. them to us she'd be like oh Lindsay's so pretty she dresses so nice she has mm-hmm. all these nice you know expensive clothes and she's so thin and she's athletic or whatever right. uh, she would never talk about how smart she was which she is really smart but we're all a bunch of nerds so that was never anything <laughs> right. to compare to yeah. it was a, a even playing field for that right. um but then, years later, we realized that she was saying stuff about how wonderful Kale and I were 
to Lindsay and Hillary. So it was all just a bunch yeah. of comparisons so that we would all try harder. Now, did she raise four very successful children who are, you know, who were each valedictorian or salutatorian of their graduating classes, who live, you know, who all have these careers that they are really passionate about? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do all of her her grandkids have a set are somewhere along that same path? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So it worked. It rem- mm-hmm. that, what you just said reminds me a lot of because um, I know you've seen this, the farewell, and they talk mm-hmm. about how Nai Nai just like controls and like, like right puppets like, puppets everything yeah. mm-hmm. in that family. You'd love that movie. You would it's the movies. farewell. Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's on Amazon Prime. You can rent it. Okay, it's real cute. Um, it's super good. Yeah. yeah. So Grandma made sure that we all like. We were, we were all protected and had our safety net, but again, we were all competing against each other yes. to yeah. be the best, but... I just, this episode, like, really, like, this is, like, the first two seasons are great. They have some great moments in there, and there is some emotional stake in there in the first two seasons, but this, for me, is really where this became something more than just, oh my god, we're gonna talk about philosophy mm-hmm. and fart jokes and maybe the trolley problem with running people over with blood and everything. Right, right. <laughs> But this they made it real because everybody real, has because who yeah. hasn't felt like that, right? Except maybe only children, and then even then, some of that like my cousin Carly's an only child, and she got compared to the rest, you know, mm-hmm. to the rest of us. So why can't she be like exactly right? Although she was the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just I, I really do love this, and I lo- I I mean like again I'm kind of going in circles, but I do love. It's sweet. We can have a little bit of moral talk in this. I also love that we can have a have a, a joke that Jason basically talks that her all her art is boobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Chidi even says. He's like, "Oh, you're the boobs." Yeah. Once he said it, I couldn't see it. it. Yeah, which she just. It's such a great episode. And then Jason and Janet get just like a nice little fun yes, date. Yes. Yeah. You know, they just, just get to look Jason at art and, and just be in love. Which and... also Janet is my favorite character in the whole show. The episode oh. with the Janets. Oh was, yeah, I, oh, I was. Ass. How when, she didn't get an Emmy for that? When okay. I okay, I, I, I'm going to circle back to this in, yeah. in, in mm, a hot mm. second. But uh, I almost picked that episode because yeah. I love Darcy Carden, who went to Juilliard with a friend of mine in Los Angeles. Oh, cool! So Main there's my drop. there's my Donna <laughs> name drop. It's okay, I've done it. I did I, it in Birds of Prey, so I, I guess yeah. it's fine. I can't. Yeah, but I did too with Rubio. It's, it's, <laughs> less, it's less cute when I do it because I don't have a British accent. Truth, truth. And you, do, and you don't look like a, a uh, British uh, giraffe. Yeah, <laughs> tall, leggy British giraffe. But are you over five ten? I'm five nine. Uh, Shit. I'm gonna be five ten like Cindy Crawford. Yes. Um. So I just have a few little yeah. notes. Okay, and then we're gonna, and I got we're almost done. So. The, uh, at the elementary school, mm-hmm. it was MGM Grand Elementary. I love that. Hilarious. Uh-huh. And their school motto was always bet on red. red. It was spelled read. But, <laughs> you know, it's red, so yes. it's a, a play on that. Hilarious. And then there was a part where Ellen, Eleanor, mm-hmm. which Eleanor. drives me nuts, <laughs> yes. yeah. where Eleanor mm-hmm. is uh, talking about how Donna would fill a shopping cart with like 50 things, go to the 12 thing aisle and then just yell rat and scream and leave. And that made me think about uh, when they did that on Birds of Prey where yes. she's just like, how can you buy all this stuff? She's like, oh, we're not buying shit. We're rat! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're not grocery shopping. We're robbing it. Right. Which 
I also love, this is such a throwaway. Well, I forgot with Birds of Prey. Can we talk about how that girl can't shit for anything? No! She's an iron stomach. Go back and listen to our Birds of Prey episode come back to this. I also love the throwaway joke of Dave's margaritas being so good. And Michael goes, and I'm not even a tequila guy. Yeah. I'm just going to say also, I I, I praise the women on this show constantly, but Ted motherfucking dancing. Oh, he's so good. He is literally, like, he's so pure. I love I love my. I like how supposedly he's a demon. Supposedly fire he's squid. been evil this entire uh-huh. time. But as the seasons progress, he, he goes from being mm-hmm. he he just becomes nicer and nicer. There was that point where yeah, he didn't want them to see him as a fire squid because he wanted he didn't want to scare them and he didn't want that mm-hmm. image to be. Who they thought of when they thought yes. of him. Yes, Which it just... I'm just going to say this before we go to the Bechdel test thing. If mm. you have not watched this Ugh. series, A, you're missing out. B, what's wrong with you? C, go fix this mistake. D, oh you're probably gosh. not listening to this episode. This is true. At this point. Yes. This right. is true. I mean, just... It is literally one of the best sitcoms of all time. I'll fully say Yeah, that. it's definitely jumping up there for me. It's taking... You know, like, Taking in by with, the time you get to the to the series finale, uh, you, it will literally cement itself somewhere yes. in, your, in your top. Mm. I fell asleep last night <sighs> while we were watching some of season four, so I'm gonna try to get it finished before. Mm-hmm. I want to get it finished before Monday because we're off Monday, and what I want to do Monday yeah. is do a Showtime free trial and try to see as much L word and uh, work in progress. Work in progress. Who? Ha! Oh, I saw one. No, we're both going to do it. Go ahead. You go first. So my friend Parker, Parker Guidry, who is an aspiring actor in um, Chicago, got cast on Work in Progress, two episodes. Hmm. Interesting. My friends, Anne and Renee... Are friends with the main person. With Abby? Yes. That's awesome. And I'm going to also say, we'll get to this probably. So I might could meet her. That's that's excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I've i watched a little bit of, uh, a, a quick snip of Gen Q, L Word. I caught it, I caught I it randomly. I into it. I haven't tried it yet. Um, yeah. I heard episode I, four is really hot. But, oh, see, I haven't gotten that. But, work in, <laughs> but work in Progress apparently is way more like now queer. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Theo Germain, who's playing, who's non-binary and uh, is playing a trans man, mm-hmm. that's one thing. I think, I think it's just, it's, it's more of that. Right. I need to watch Work in Progress. I'm I mean, original L word was very Friends in that it was uh-huh. a very specific snippet. Thank you. Uh-huh. Of um, upper echelons yeah. of gaydom. Bree and I are really struggling getting through it. We've only watched like three episodes, and she's like, we're mostly just like dunking on it, like how like dated it is. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And also, I'd like to say, because every lesbian in history has agreed with me, Jenny Schechter is the fucking worst. Uh, <laughs> I was so glad that she's not in the new one thing. Well, she can't because I I, I, I already know, yeah. spoiler, that she dies. I'm still mad that they didn't, like... Apparently in Gen Q, we find out what happens. Thank really? God! Because that's been driving me crazy. It's a throwaway line, apparently, but we find out what happens. Uh-huh. Kelsey, Bechtel test, go. The Bechtel test was a test created by Alison Bechtel to give a, a a critical eye to pop culture and how women or non-men are portrayed in said uh, media. It You pass the test if there are two characters who are not men who preferably have names have a conversation that is not about men. 
Um, I Does love, this do it? I love, also, before I get into this, I love that you said critical eye and you touched your nose. I did this. Ah. Uh, uh, I was... Um, I, to, to answer your question... Symbolizing yes. the gaze of the eye. Yes. It's uh, very important to the people listening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Fuck you and do what I want. <laughs> so, does this pass the battle test? Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eleanor and Donna do talk men, but they also talk about the relationship with as mother-daughter, and mm-hmm. Tani and Kamala's talks are about their parents, mm-hmm. which... which is, there's a man in that. But, yeah. But it's about the effects they Wasn't have he in the Fiber One commercials a, a while back? The dad? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I got some digging to do today, but yeah, definitely, 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 definitely passes the test. In terms of the legacy of the show, it ended after four seasons, which I love that they didn't draw this out, which mm-hmm. is very much yeah. the good place. You rush, like, you speed through these plots. Michael Schur mm-hmm. is so good at ending shows. Yes. Well, Parks and Rec, the ending of Parks and Rec is just a, a love letter to the show itself. Yes. It is so beautiful. Everything's wrapped up in a beautiful little bow. Even Craig and Typhoon get an ending. Right. What? Craig and Typhoon. Fucking Mona Lisa and John Ralph. <laughs> like everybody is, it's so. It's wholesome. It oh, it's so much better than How I Met Your Mother. <sighs> Anything yeah. is better than that. Even the Dexter finale is better. No, than no, Dexter's. Terrible. I haven't watched Dexter. I had to pause it. I um, the, the finale is just so perfect, and I'm glad that it, they did. Yes. They went out on top in their own way. Mm. Uh, Jamila Jamil continues to be a fantastic advocate online. She yes. was here at Webster a few months back. I'm pissed that I missed it because I was flying back in from Reno. And she's in Hollywood. She was uh, in Hollywood. I love that she's breaking down barriers about feminism, about uh, women's right to choose, body positivity. body positivity. She is like the biggest supporter of Lizzo that I have ever seen. And like Fucking love t- t- Lizzo. T- t- telling Lizzo do what you do what you want. She's gonna be on an HBO show celebrating ball culture mm-hmm. and this is the thing that we we're talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. People got bent out of shape because a press release from HBO said that she was going to be an MC and she has obviously never done anything with ball culture mm-hmm. and I get it. And Trace Lissette has been on her ass about this and I love Trace. She's one of my hall passes. But Jamila, I know she means well, and she's definitely she's clarified this point online a number of times. Mm. They have the MC is from the ball culture. They have people from ballroom. She's a judge, right? She's just a judge, right? And she had said she's like the only way shows get off the ground is with star power, right? And I am lending my star power to get this story off the ground. Exactly. And once it's good to go, then other people who are in the culture mm-hmm. can come in and, and take over and totally be there. Exactly. But the only way execs will allow it to exist is through... Mm-hmm. Kind of like Pose. I was literally yeah, going exactly. to bring that up. They yeah, had Vander, to have Evan Vanderbeek Peepers. Evan Peters. That was me and doing the Peep, Mr. Peepers uh, yes. apple yes. destruction. Oh, God. Yes. No, I totally agree with you, and that's exactly the point I was going to make. Yeah. It's just like Pose. You had to have Evan Peters, Vanderbeek, mm-hmm. and Kate Mara in the first season. Then when people realized, I don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. these cis white people, I'd rather watch the people in the ballroom. The family, yeah. the, the, they said, fuck them for the second season, which... Right. Brilliant move. Yes. And that's how this show is existing with the trans crew. What you do when you have power 
is you open doors for everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's their like um, Michael like Michael Schur. Yeah. Exactly. My coworker Patricia and I have these Patricia. super vine. <laughs> <laughs> these super deep talks all the time because she is a uh, black woman mm-hmm. and me being a you know a white uh, woman and we're both says so there's that but uh, we talk about a lot of stuff a lot of times because I you know being a being pan, I am able to give perspectives on that, and she has a client who is transgender, so I help her, um, you know, know how to be as respectful and protective as possible of, you know, of her client to make mm-hmm. sure that that the the client is safe, um, and and that she knows that the so the client knows that she is safe with Patricia. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like any t- oh, it's and it's like we help each other out as well. Like when I was working for the courts, right. And you were a- and you asked me things about name changes or mm-hmm. you had a friend uh, Mel had a contractor who was transitioning mm-hmm. and you asked me like how do we talk about like name change and stuff and right. like how like what's the best way to address this for the company? And I so- helped you with that. Yes, that's not where I was going. Sorry. Where I was go- it's fine because <laughs> that's all very important and it does feed where I'm going. She had said something about how um Dave Chappelle in his new thing which yes, problematic in places. Yes, but he has I... a thing that he talks about um power in terms of a car. And there is the person who's driving the car and then there's the person who's in the front seat and then there's everybody else in the back seat. And so in we were talking about who drives the car in uh in straight land, which would be white males, and then mm. white females are in the passenger seat, and then all people of color are in the back seat, along with all the LGBT people. And it was a thing that kind of blew her mind was the fact that the there is its a uh its own separate car of the LGBT community, mm. where it's the cis white males in the driver's seat. And then the cis white females mm-hmm. in the uh, passenger, mm-hmm. and everyone who is of color and everyone who is trans is in the back seat, and non-binary and, and gender yes. non-conforming, all of those wonderful things that we have words for now, so that people don't feel alone and know that they have others out there who are like them. But the whole, you know, what I was saying was, uh, we started talking about that because we were talking about RuPaul not a, and how RuPaul had is in with Joss, Joss Whedon and JKR, uh-huh. and that they're, yeah. they've grown as grown as they can get, and they're done growing. Yes. Yeah. And now we're kind of annoyed with all of them because they were our pinnacle, and now they're the bottom of the heap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, when you're a person in power, your job is to wedge open the door and you pull in as many people as you possibly can. So within the car metaphor, we were talking about how it is important that the people in the front seat try to bring, uh, you know, people in the back seat into the front. Passenger seat. Well, into, I call, you know that, like, in a, on a bench seat, yeah. there's, like, that middle spot. Yes. So to that spot, to yeah. help them be, yes. you know, along for the ride yes. and in the front seat and teach them what it yes. is to be in the front seat. Yes. As opposed to, yes. um, so when we were talking about the car metaphor in terms of, of LGBT community, I was you know, I was saying, you know, how it would look, how it looks for us, which is, you know, um, Mm -hmm. white men and white women. And then in the backseat, there's, uh, bi and, uh, you know, all the other things. But in my metaphor, the trans people are actually like holding on to the bumper because we, you've been, 
I say you as in well, you, well, but yeah, also yes, the, yes. the group in, you in of general, all trans yeah, people yeah. are just, you know, they, they just want to be in the car. I mean. Right? And, and so often have trans rights and trans movements and trans safety been forsaken for the continuation of white supremacy and stability. Pride St. Louis! I don't know what you just said. Pride St. Louis. Pride St. Louis. You don't have to. That was a big reason why I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm just also going. Yeah, and to, Karis didn't didn't do a whole bunch. I'm of proud shit. of her for that because yeah, she good. there was a member in that group that Kelsey went six shades of off on, and I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I was not pleased <laughs> with that whole situation. Um, yeah. I'm going to also add to that just one more thing, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, it also works, like you said, in terms of like the car metaphor. I'm really thinking of it that there was that article that I posted about Buttigieg in San Francisco, not wrapping anybody he's in the driving the community. car he's literally driving the car and the rest of us queers are hanging onto the bumper some right. of us are running after it <laughs> right yes and one thing that i said within the metaphor is mm-hmm. like within the the race metaphor yeah you know white women not only are in the passenger seat but we're like navigating yeah. feeding the driver yes. making sure yeah. the driver's comfortable temperature wise changing the radio Sucking so that the driver dick, can yada, focus yada. yeah Exactly. Giving him roadhead, yada, yada, yada. So, um, you know, it's so important not only to be aware mm-hmm. of that car, but how yes. you are complicit in which, the car's which is journey. Why, which is why I love Trace. Small it. Which is why I love... The- <laughs> be a thing now. Which is why I love, just like, you know, it's a real Pacific thing now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I love Trace for sticking up for ball culture where she came from, but at the same time, I see Jam- Jamila's point, and I literally want to be like, What Jamila is doing. Girls, you're both right. Yeah. yeah, they're both right. What Jamila is doing is she is getting in the front seat, and as soon as everyone is acclimated mm-hmm. to there being somebody in the middle of that front seat. Yes. She's gonna be like, "Oh, <laughs> come on in," and just be like, "Woo!" Yeah. yeah, I yep. mean, to I mean, to Jamila's point as well. She they also have Leomi Maldonado, who's a real famous voguer. She does a lot of the voguing choreography on Pose. Cool. So she, and she's obviously from ballroom culture, so sure. she will be on that as well. But I, this was a good. That was a left turn this episode took that I was not expecting, and I'm here for it. Yay! I'm really glad and that you. Were, I'm also glad that you're talking about Rue. Outside of the uh, outside of things, mm-hmm. also related to what I texted you about AOC being on season twelve, mm-hmm. hoping that AOC used her power to hopefully bring voices in. I don't know because she is a Nina West supporter, and we all know where that one, where that is right My now. My guess is that she is at the AOC is at the beginning of her journey of what it is to be in power mm-hmm. and to bring people in, and she is at seeing this judgeship or whatever yeah. as being her bringing gay people in and she's not recognizing that there's a whole other car. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which, yeah. So, it's a whole other story. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, we can't... Baby steps, baby steps. We can't be mad at somebody who is on their own journey, Smollett, to... about where they are in it because we all started somewhere. <laughs> I can't say anything because I try not to interrupt her, but she said, every, every time we're now saying Journey Smollett. Mm-hmm. I guess it's Journey Smollett Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd she marry? Some guy named Bell. Hopefully Alexander. not Drake. 
Alexander Graham. <laughs> Who's not great, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. And dead. Yeah, that's sure. even worse. Totes dead. Totes my gun's dead. Like, I am sex. Kristen Bell. Ooh. There you go. I wish. I'm, I am I'm sex down. positive like nobody's business, but dead is a, a line. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you go from, like, I'm normal, like, Eddie. <laughs> I am yucking that yum. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's it for uh, this episode, y'all. I have not decided what the fuck my potpourri is going to be for this next episode, so mm. y'all have to tune in to find out. But we will see y'all next time. Hopefully you're following us on the socials, uh, SRJ Podcast Productions on the Facebook and the Insta, SRJ Podcast Pro on the Twitters. That's it, y'all. We will see you next time. Bye! Bye. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore and I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there